Hello, welcome to the show where I discuss the NFL games a little bit from last week. Talk about the NFL games coming up this week. And I also go through a very interesting top 12 list. Here we are live from Las Vegas. Well, the top 12 list is going to lead off the show. This is a list of the hot seat, the top 12 hot seat candidates in the NFL primed to be fired. I wanted to do this all year, and there's already been two firings. I had called that Matt Rule would be fired in season, and he was. And I uh, saw the writing on the wall over the last couple weeks that Ursay was trying to uh, downsize as much as possible for the Colts and get ready for them to be able to dress with these bad decisions that they had made overall. Letting Rocky Asin go, a lot of other things had happened where they put too much money into their defense, into their offensive line, and stopped getting the production. So, as you all know, Frank Reich was fired Sunday night after meetings or finally Monday morning when it was announced. Now we'll have to go over the 30 teams remaining as Steve Wilkes and Jeff Saturday for the Panthers and Colts, respectively. If they are fired, it wouldn't actually be a firing. It would just be, you know, sort of how how things go. Uh, you know, we'd talk about if they were parted ways with at the end of the year, which they more than likely will be. Uh, but for the time being... They're off the board as far as being on this 12-team hot seat list. So, starting at 12, this is a surprise, I'm sure, but you have an owner that's made all sorts of changes, switches. Only person he keeps is Trent Balky as his GM, and that's going to have to change at the end of the year. So this person is Doug Peterson. Yes, he was just hired. Yes, he's a Super Bowl coach. Yes, this. Yes, that. But if you look at the over-under and the expectation that the Jaguars could compete for a playoff spot this year, it's very funny. A very comical uh, situation to think that that's what was being said at the beginning of the year. But yes, it was. Many print media, many pundits, all across the board. We have a situation where Trevor Lawrence is either passive-aggressively arguing with Mr. Peterson on the sidelines constantly during the Bronco game and during parts of the Raider game, or wishing where he's despondent and Peterson's having to coach him up constantly because three out of his last four throws or situations in the Denver game led to turnovers. It was a napalm situation that led to the Jaguars collapsing and the Broncos making some big plays to win in London, which seems like five or six weeks ago at this point. But then you got the Jaguars bailing themselves out of direct hot seat talk by beating the Raiders while trailing at home. 
And this is the tale of their season. They can't put together two halves. It's the tale of Trevor Lawrence when they led at Cincinnati week five, uh, right before all the trouble with Urban Meyer, leading at Cincinnati week five and collapsing. So I'm not saying that Doug Peterson is going to get fired. No, no emails, no calls to the show at this point. No need to disagree with me to the extent that you might be disagreeing. But I'm saying if there are 30 candidates to get fired, he's in the top 12. And you got Shahid Khan, who really just likes to be photographed with his mustache and talk to other owners on the sidelines. You can't tell me exactly what impact he's ever had on the team, and he's owned them from Mr. Weaver for 50 or 60% of what Mr. Weaver owned the team for. This is not a small amount of time that Khan has been an owner at this time. And he's churned and burned through leadership constantly. So what does it matter if it's a Coughlin era? The second Coughlin era, I mean. What does it matter if it's the Urban Meyer era? What does it matter if it's the Peterson era? You mean to tell me if they can go get, you know, Peyton, if they can go get Reich, if they can go get some other people, that you wouldn't show Peterson the door if they're 2-15 and 15 as they could be at the end? It don't look like they can really beat these other teams. And I know everyone's trying to tank in that division, um, but they're trying to tank themselves. And... Probably one of the worst signings ever was Marvin Jones because you got to know that he's unhappy there, whether or not he says it publicly or not. And then their acquisition of Christian Kirk, known alcoholic, uh, acquisition of this, that, and the other have not worked, and their de-acquisitions have been notable. Miles, Jack, etc. So going forward, uh, we'll talk more about, oh, excuse me, they're three and six. So let's say they go four and 13. Is that really progress? Is that progress enough to not throw? I mean, you won the Super Bowl for the Eagles. You're not going to win it for the Jaguars, <laughs> Mr. Peterson. So, I mean, any argument to say, yeah, give me a couple more, I don't know. Um, so I'm making this up as I go, but I do have the standings and like a pretty clear understanding of things. Now, the, the, the person I won't put on this list is Bill Pelichek. But that is my theory, is that Brady went to the wedding. Brady's going back to the Patriots next year. Brady doesn't want Belichick around. And if he does, he'll just say, hey, we'll partner up for my last year or two. And uh, you can coach, you know, another year or two after I leave. But I'm coming back to the Patriots, whether you like it or not, Mr. Bill. Um, And also, you know, Robert Kraft would be really happy to bring his beloved Uh, quarterback back. So I'm not putting Belichick on the list of a hot seat coach because let's say Belichick box when he's told that uh, Brady is coming back. Well, he doesn't like to be told anything. So he would then maybe walk at that point and say, hey, uh, blah, 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 blah. But we'll see. We'll see if it ends up happening that Brady goes back to New England. Um, So skipping, you know, that whole uh, discussion of things. Um, I'm just going to put someone kind of obvious next is Lovey Smith. And just because the same kind of situation, David Coley, his era lasted a year. Lovey Smith now one, six and one. Uh, the directive is probably that they want to lose organizationally as much as possible. 
they got all their brownie points for hiring him. I, I don't know uh, if they hired David Coley to fire him, but I don't think they hired Lovey to fire Lovey. But uh, they will fire him if they can get candidate A, B, C, or D. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. And although they won, that's... So we'll see going forward. But Levy Smith is in position 11. Jumping now to the NFC. I want to put him higher. I want to put this gentleman higher. But with the name change, all the instability, all the Black Lives Matter, him being a Mexican, um, him being kind of able to use the local environment maybe against the ownership to keep his job with some maybe well-timed comments at the end of the year. Maybe if he brings about stability and the improvements that the team has made in other regards. But regardless, you got a team that's only scored 159 points through nine games, uh, 17 points a game the last several games straight, like 17, 17, and 17 winning against the Red uh, Bears and winning against the Colts and then getting iced by the Vikings, basically, up 17 and then losing. Um, you got a team that's rudderless. Um, can I consider Scott Turner a friend, but Scott Turner, probably one of the least productive offensive coordinators in the last two or three years in the league. When you look at the... the Things that should be there are, you know, a top receiver, yes. A top uh, production, a quarterback, yes, at times. But the other things beyond that are really, it's not uh, a roster where you could say, oh, yeah, you got to really watch out for this guy. You got to watch out for that guy on offense. And it's it's bad. Uh, Panthers' offense was bad at times. Commander's offense is uh, awful at times. Only thing kind of, or not the only thing, many things saving him, like I said, are the racial environments in our country, uh, his kind of uh, health and uh, stalwart status as like a big leader in the league, etc. In his intelligence, um, the idea that they brought in Wentz and everyone doesn't like that they brought in Wentz, so, you know, uh, if Snyder kind of uh, torpedoes. Rivera for uh, you know fires him for for having brought in Wentz, which was kind of a way to torpedo any progress with Heineke anyway. So a lot of those things are kind of extenuating factors as to why Rivera would keep his job. But other than that, the guy needs to lose his job, and he's tenth on the hot list. List. We'll have to see if he goes up or down as things continue. Uh, but there's Vecta, blah, blah, blah. They're very deservingly to be there. Um, next, another guy deserving to be there, though, uh, I mean, like him and everything, he seems like a nice gentleman. Uh, the Lions, they've had no development. Uh, they beat the Packers. That was a good win, but that's only one win among two that they've had all year. Uh, MCDC, as his nickname is, biting ankles, biting this, biting that. They're biting ankles and doing that one out of every six or seven or eight games. So most games, they're Detroit of old, Detroit of Patricia, Detroit of Campbell, etc. Um, I don't mean to be rude to Campbell. 
But yeah, there's not much progress you could really see with the Lions. And the biggest tell of this all and why he's ranked, why MCDC you would rank even higher on this list even, or why I rank him where he is on this list and he'll be going higher as a the decision looms larger, is ownership undercut him. Like they would never trade the Vikings to a divisional rival if they're set on this group of coaches and to some extent group of themselves like these GMs got to be selling on themselves at this point when they go and make a move like that so maybe that black guy that they have as their GM is being told by their ownership sell off sell off we don't care we don't care and it's actually the GMs that are actually in some real 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 problems and that's pretty obvious um, you can't point to anyone that's been brought in the last two years um, draft wise or you know a lot of different ways wise to the Lions that has made any difference so it's really undercut MCDC they're undercutting him further with uh, getting rid of Hawkinson they win despite that let's say they rattle off wins of five out of six games I still think there's a chance that he goes at the end of the year because they're going to want to make splash hires. They're going to want to do what they're going to do to reverse themselves of the Rams trade. And they're going to want to get out from under being the bottom dwelling team in that division. Now, will they ever get out of it? No, but it's clear MCDC is not the answer. And this era has not been the answer. So with that, that's the ninth team. Expect them to climb uh, precipitously as the season continues. Um, I'm not going to put the Falcon guy on the list, but you can expect to see the Falcon guy pop on the list as the season continues. Uh, I would, I mean, most people would probably say he's on more shaky ground than the Jacksonville guy, and I would agree with that. But just to put Jacksonville on the list, just to put a little scare into them, I thought that that was the right thing to do at this point. But you could definitely expect a billionaire Arthur Smith and the Falcons as they fade away, maybe, or continue to either be higher on the list or make their debut on the list or to stay off the list. We'll have to see how things play out as, as they say. Um, nine. Okay. So reviewing just so I don't, um, get this all confused. Um, reviewing, reviewing. The number one candidate to get fired, to, or no, excuse me, the 12th candidate that I mentioned that would get fired. Oh gosh, where did I start? The 12th uh, likeliest was the Jaguars, and then the Texans. So the Jaguars at 12, the Texans at 11, and then at 10 was the Commanders, 9 is the Lions, Um, so that's our recap. Sorry, that took a little bit. And at, so 12, 11, 10, 9, then 8 would be, the 8th likeliest 
coach to be fired. Is um, Kevin Stefanski. He's going to be going higher on this list as things continue. They're three and five right now. They could be two and six. They could be four and four. They could be five and three. If your aunt was an uncle, she'd be an uncle. Um, what my main thing is, is you got, again, weirdo owner makes an unpopular move, not having the ability to get that unpopular move on the field until week 12 or beyond. They're already played out of it by the time week 12 comes along. The local fans, media, just burning him out already. Uh, two years ago, he's high in the hog. Baker Mayfield, everything's going great. What really went wrong with all that? Everyone's got a shelf life, and they're the eighth likeliest firing. I expect the firing to occur, but there's no real, like, okay, yeah, they're three and five. You know, they could start winning and rattling off some games, so that's why they're there where, where they're at right now. And also their defense is saving that situation from being, you know, completely untenable. But, you know, them beating the Bengals, no one should really, like, draw too much from that, I don't think, because Bengals learned their lessons, and then they killed the Panthers, and as long as they beat the Browns the next time, that will probably be enough to knock the Browns out of the playoffs. So, I mean, and if the Browns do beat the Bengals in the other meeting, you know, they better be able to focus on these other games because if they lose seven games, more than likely they're out of the playoff race. Um, and they're definitely going to lose seven games. They're three and five right now. Um, so I don't know where their wins are going to come in that division or a variety of different factors. So if you get a splash quarterback and you got yesterday's news with Stefanski and then you got someone you can bring in instead, more than likely the Browns are going to churn and burn, especially with them as owners, not wanting to have all the limelight on them about all their decisions and everything. If they quote unquote upgrade at coach, which is, you know, sad to say, but, you know, he was the coach of the year, but now he's trash. So you would upgrade by hiring one of these major candidates. And then everyone would kind of look the other way about the Haslam connections to the mafia and all their different uh, trials and civil trials and different things going on with them being accused of what they're accused of at times. So um, now we're getting to the nitty gritty. So the Browns, yeah, kind of ad nauseum. I think everyone realizes um, that that could happen. I'm going to say something um, now for Coach 7. So let me just go make sure I, I know what I'm doing here. There's three there. Okay, I got... Spoiler alert, I got three more in the AFC. I will just say something right now. I'm not putting Mike McDaniels on this list, okay? I'm not putting the Dolphins head coach on this list because they're a team that's right now what they're at, and they're like 
you know, about to take the lead in the AFC over the Bills if they keep getting as hot as they are. So I'm definitely not putting Mike McDaniels on this list. But I'm saying if things go bottom up, he could very easily be out. And like the, all those rumors about that they would clean out Tua and bring in Brady and bring in um, Sean Payton, a bunch of teams are about ready to consider bringing in Payton. So, uh, yeah, if things go bottom up, then McDaniel is out and he'll be coordinating again for some former Shanahan or McVay-led team. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, skipping ahead then to uh, Candidate 7. I'm going to need to review again. This is a little more complicated than I thought. Um, Jaguars, Texans, Commanders was 10. Nine or yeah, nine was the Lions. Eight that I utter as the Browns, bringing us to seven as Steelers. You really can't make this list without the Steelers uh, being on it. Um, when they finally parted ways, you know, in the early nineties, this is kind of like what the era was when they brought in Cower. Is like. All right, you've been here a long time. You want us this, you want us that. You've made us competitive all this time. But old guy from that old time, it's time for you to go. And that's what it is. Tomlin would be the best guy in the media that there's ever been. I think most, I mean, as long as he stays focused and really wants to work in the media, uh, I think that that would be great for him. I feel probably the split of the two eras, as Chase Claypool said, you know, he didn't really get on with the new the new guard, the Matt Canada type stuff. So both things need to go. Probably the old guard, old Steelers, uh, and the old and new guard coaches that they brought in. The whole Canada stuff hasn't worked all that good. So I know it's surprising in a way that they're this high, but it should shock no one that they're on the list. Uh, so that's Mike Tomlin at seven. At six and climbing ever still, they'd be climbing even higher. Well, at six, we'll go ahead and we'll put Nathaniel Hackett next. Nathaniel Hackett, um, you know, if there's seven or eight coaches or six coaches fire this year, so he's in the firing line. Uh, he hasn't done anything to not be in the firing line. His comments after the Denver win in Jacksonville and London was not. Uh, ones that you would expect a coach to say that with expectations sitting at three and five said, Oh, there's not going to be too much evaluation going on in the bye week or, Oh, you know, or the semi bye week, excuse me, full bye week. Um, we're not going to do too much, um, evaluation and I'm not expecting too many, um, closed door meetings with George Payton. I don't really expect it to, to field any calls from Greg Penner. Uh, I'm pretty secure that what we're doing here is working. Like every 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 uh, answer to his question in, in in the different deals and even about some like trades that were about to happen or didn't happen, his voice went up like eight or nine little decibels. So it's like ah, blah, blah, blah. my dad always told me that there's a law, the only constant in this league is change. <laughs> so. Nathaniel Hackett, um, you can win 10 games to save your job, but anything short, you're probably going to be like that Browns guy that was hired, and he ended up winning seven or eight games and actually did better than, you know, they probably probably should have done that year with all their disarray. 
Um, and I don't remember his name, but he was churned pretty quick. And um, then they hired Stefanski. So maybe that will lead to the Waltons uh, going to a good price club and getting a good value coach next year instead of getting the guy that you think is going to attract Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers just ends up staying for $50 million. So Broncos definitely uh, right here in the firing line at six. Wait, is that six? Um, eight Browns, seven Steelers, six Broncos, five Chargers. The decisions, the lack of uh, confidence in kicker, the lack of being, I mean, not only lack of confidence, the lack of ability to find a good kicker if you're a good coach and you're a good team and you're this sharp mind, why are you so bad at being able to, like, be confident enough to make the decisions that a normal football coach would make instead leaning into analytics for everything and only having 184 points as a team through the first uh, stanza of the season. Uh, the Herbert body language, the constant injuries, the backbiting, the people's tweeting on the team and saying, uh, you know, what the fuck are we doing? He needs to go. He was a splash hire, which is so shocking to say, but I guess the Rams defense and what he had done on it. But what is he really? I mean, he's a bunch of smoke and mirrors that is probably leaning on his defensive assistance to get promoted and bring his, like, uh, white Christian chosen family out from Ohio. Oh, what a great story, blah, blah, blah. Where really he hasn't done jack shit, and Herbert's probably tired of signing autographs for his kids. So, Charger guy, gotta go. Number five. Raider guy, number four, gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Watching the press conferences after the Raider game, McDaniels looked just like a person with no answers, apoplectic, unable to really process things, saying he looked forward to his meetings with the ownership and the different groups this week while really not looking forward to it at all. Carr and everyone already being predicted to get broken up and sold for parts. This was a bad mistake, bad decision to go too heavy into the Patriots organization to bring in Raider people, and uh, they're paying for it. And they're paying for it badly. They're two and six. Uh, there's no reason they shouldn't be four and four. Uh, they should be those records because they lost these games. But anyone objectively looking at this season coming in, how could they not be four and four with who they've played and everything like that? So uh, that's very clear that the Raider coach is going to go. So those three last ones were from the AFC West. Expect a lot of changeover in that division. The Cardinal guy, Cliff Kingsbury, he's next on this list. Um, you know, with the Colts and the Panthers um, having been already done with. It's tough to make these top ones, so uh, we're going to stop with, uh, we'll have to just not call it the top 12, we'll have to just call it the top 10 and leave it here with uh, 
the Cardinals guy. I'm sorry about that. that was a little confusing. But yeah, Cardinals, ding, 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 number one. Um, just like MCDC winning this game this last week, yeah, if you go on a run, that's great. It will maybe save you your job. But is it going to be enough of a run to keep you uh, employed? I don't think so. So I think Clingsbury's era is over. He had his nice house. He had a nice headlines. He had this. He had that. Really strange dynamic working with him and uh, the gentleman Murray. And they're three and six right now, and they just won. So they beat the Rams this week. They go to four and six. Then I figure out. I think they figure out a way to play themselves out again. They maybe finish at seven and ten, eight and nine, and it's very clear that the change needs to be made. So instead of going 12 through whatever, we'll go and review again now so to, so we can be all clear about what I did here, okay? So the number one most likely coach to be fired is Cliff Kingsbury. The number two most likely coach to be fired is Josh McDaniels. The number three most likely coach to be fired is Brandon Staley. The number four most likely coach to be fired is um, Nathaniel Hackett. And then Kevin Stefanski is now at number five, so now likely to be fired. Tomlin's at six. Worth the Steelers likely to be fired. Um, Rivera is at seven with the commanders likely to be fired. Seventh likeliest to be fired. Eighth likeliest to be fired is, excuse me, I believe MCDC7, you know, uh, Motor City, Dan, Campbell, uh, the Lions. Eighth likeliest should be the Commanders, Rivera. Okay, and then ninth likeliest should be um, uh, Lovey Smith. And tenth likeliest should be Doug Peterson. I don't think I omitted anyone from my brainstorming list, which was, I guess, the first little sequence here. But yeah, to review again, the first likeliest coach to be fired, in my opinion right now, is Cliff Kingsbury. Second most likeliest is Josh McDaniels. The third most likeliest is Brandon Staley. Fourth most likeliest is Nathaniel Hackett. Fifth most likeliest is Kevin Stefanski. Sixth most likeliest is Mike Tomlin. Seventh most likeliest is M. Uh, Motors likeliest to be fired is um, the gentleman Rivera of the Redskin Commanders. The ninth most likeliest to be fired is the gentleman of the Lovey Smith Texans. And then the gentleman of the Jaguars, Doug Peterson, is 10th likeliest to be fired. I've reviewed my reasons in the above 10 or 15 minutes of the show. 
So thank you and sorry for any confusion. I hope I've clarified our uh, first 30 minutes of the show or whatever, how long it took. But those is what I say, and I'll try to update the firing standings as we go forward. The hot hot list of who, who the candidates are to be fired. Going forward now, it's been an interesting week, and uh, I don't feel to really review last week's games. Uh, so let's then go over this week's games, and then we'll wrap up the show. All right. Falcons at Panthers. Uh, as I said, I do expect Arthur Smith, if things bottom out, to start making appearances on this list that I just made. Um, we have an over-under at 43.5, which the Panthers gave up 35 at the half to the Bengals recently. And you got a Falcon team that kind of starts good at times. And you have a Falcon team at the Panthers. And the Falcons basically are minus three at the Panthers on Thursday night. And this is the situation where Panthers don't have enough talent to compete for the year. Thought that they did. Realized after the after the Falcon game that it's all smoke and mirrors. They have no chance to do jack shit this year. So now we have Falcons coming into Carolina where Carolina is in pure tank mode. And there's really no reason to feel that the Panthers will fight that hard there. Um, if Choba Hubbard plays, maybe something a little bit with that because Falcons can be ran on and run really well. So you got to maybe think the under could be in play there. But that's the Falcons at Panthers on Thursday night. Crickets abound. Seahawks at Buccaneers, but at Munich. So had that been maybe in <clears throat> Tampa Bay, they would be three and a half. But as it stands, they're two and a half. I'm not overly sure what the line would be in Tampa versus in Munich. But maybe the Buccaneers wrote the ship. I don't really know. I did watch 59 minutes of the game and didn't really see them write the ship. So it is kind of hard for me to believe if I didn't really see it. And in seeing it, you only really saw it for a minute, you know. So those that saw it, I mean, what really was that? Was that what they are, or was the other 59 minutes what they are? So that's 44 and a half Seahawks at Buccaneers. A little bit of a game preview there. You got Geno looking to have some kind of a great quarterback ranking for the uh, five games in a row that you know, very few people have had that rating that high that long um, and this um, situation then being that um, you really got to wonder about the Seattle you know traveling now not just on the east coast but all the way to the east <laughs> not to China or anything but to Munich quite a commute so I gotta favor the Buccaneers there a little bit and finally tell the Seahawks it's okay, it's okay, you can lose a little bit now because they're six and three. They can afford to lose uh, some games and they're still in the playoff race. It sounds kind of crazy, but the way that division is, uh, they just beat the Niners once, they can control their own fate a little bit. Uh, so here we go, Vikings at Bills. Very strong lean on the 
uh, Vikings here just because I, I think that they they got a lot going for them. Their running game can really do something to the Bills because the Bills are sitting back on their haunches so much. So if they get up or if they do good, they end up trying to let the other team back in a lot. Got an over-under around 47. That seems kind of uh, trying to trap people into that. Lions at Bears. Bears only two and a half points. You got to love them. I mean, where, what are you going to say about the Lions? That they're going to do it two, two games in a row? Got an over-under at 48 and a half. We'll have to see how that plays out. But, um, you know, I'm partial to the Bears, but I definitely feel that that is a very big game for them that they need to win. Absolutely need to win. Let the uh, Redskin game go. They're three and six. If they were four and five, this would make them five and five. But this can make them four and six, which would make them alive. Dropping the game, going to three and seven, would really hurt the progress report. The whole like uplift of progress that's going on with them. So it's an important game. I'm unclear of why it's not like Bears by this five. Uh, but I guess there's just a good bias still against the Bears, which is fine with me. Jaguars at Chiefs. Jaguars at Chiefs. I don't know why the Chiefs number is not higher. Uh, I would put it four points higher than the Titans one was. If the Titans was 12 or whatever, I'd put it at 16. Chiefs should destroy, and I mean destroy, the Jaguars this Sunday. Browns at Dolphins. Browns at Dolphins. You could say it a million different ways, but there's only one way to say it. Dolphins minus four. Winner. Texans at Giants. This is a game where you look the other way and you either take the Texans on the money line or you take them plus the points or you take them on a tease because the Texans are either going to win outright or cover. Saints at Steelers. Gotta wonder about that game. For right now, I would take the over in that game. Expect some points from these two teams that are offensively challenged at this point. Broncos at Titans. There's no way that Denver is going to win that game. And like very confident about it, unless the Titans have a big lit down. But we'll open the door to say that there's a possibility because you know maybe they can go on a roll. But I don't know. The way that Tennessee plays very physical, expect some injuries from Denver, especially not playing for two weeks. Colts at Raiders. Two teams that are probably trying to tank. Not probably. One is for sure. Colts are definitely trying to tank. So I would say Raiders are a pretty safe bet there because of Ellinger and all the different factors going on. Cowboys at Packers. I would just uh, say take the point total over in this game and enjoy all the different circumstances and, and coverage of it. Maybe put it on mute so you don't have to hear them, but, uh, you know would be a good game to watch and get an idea about whether or not the Packers are going to get eliminated or not, because they will be if they're 3-7. and seven. Cardinals at Rams. Cardinals at Rams. This is a game where all the media is going to say, oh, take the Rams, they're going to get right. 
Yeah, Cardinals are the play here. Cardinals are going to win and win impressively. Chargers at 49ers. Again, 49ers are favored against a bunch of other people by a lot of more points. I believe they are even favored by like six at Chicago to start the year. Why are they only favored by seven over the Chargers? You got to take the Niners there, in my opinion. And then Commander Skins against the Commandos against the Eagles. Uh, we'll go over that a lot more as the maybe we do a show that for on uh, Monday, going over the games and, and previewing this Monday's games and think or that Monday night's game. I like the over and I like the Commanders to win straight up. So. Reviewing, I hope everyone enjoys the week of games ahead. The top 10 coaches that I expect to be fired are Doug Peterson, Jaguars, Levy Smith, Texans, Ron Rivera, the Commanders, Dan Campbell, the Lions. Mike Tomlin, the Steelers. Kevin Stefanski, the Browns. What were the other ones? Then it was Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos. The Idiot Staley, the Chargers, um, Josh McDaniels, the Raiders, and then the most likely coach to be fired, despite me picking them to win this week, is still Cliff Kingsbury. It will look good for him for his next college job. He wins this next deal. Same with Motor City Dan Campbell. If he wins this, uh, you know, any games going forward, it will help him. Uh, but I don't expect him to win this weekend. Everything great. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll just have some guests going forward. Thank you.